0: presented by Masters in Motion. This week is a Masters in Motion alumnus. Uh, he was a guest speaker. His name is Steve Hoover, a film director, and um, he really got his start with his first feature-length documentary that he ever made uh, called Blood Brother that went to Sundance and won that uh, seems to be a recurring theme uh, of uh, guest speakers that we have, and it's a theme that I, that I like. And um, it's kind of amazing because... The, the, the route that this conversation went and the route that Steve's um, thoughts on everything are is, is that we, we really got into something that I think is just so important to talk about, and that's how you know really good things can, can happen in your career and that that doesn't automatically mean happiness. It doesn't automatically mean feeling content. It doesn't automatically mean feeling like you are set or that you know what you should be doing creatively or with or with your life or the decisions that you need to make and and sometimes you know when a massive like massive windfall of success hits you out of nowhere it forces you to make decisions that maybe you weren't prepared for and you know for him it had to deal with you know needing to move out of his hometown of Pittsburgh and it's it's just so important that as a community we talk about the difficulties that come in general and that we talk about the difficulties that come in success and we talk about the difficulties that come when we're not getting work and how that that affects us. You know, I was in Cine gear with Masters Emotion Motion with John and Christina a few weeks ago and I had so many uh, heart-to-hearts with people who felt comfortable talking to me about their um, stress and their anxieties. Uh, and these are all people who, on paper, on social media, are absolutely killing it. And it's just a, a really good reminder that everybody at, at, at any given point in time can feel down and um, not sure what to do next and feel a little lost. And I think as, a, as an industry, it's, it's really good that we talk about that. Um, the, this, this industry kind of, they want everyone to project confidence and that they are not um, needy and that they are not um, desperate for a job, and that is counterintuitive to the way it can feel at times. And it's just so important that we talk about it, and it's so important that if you need to talk to a professional, that you do, and if you need to um, have medication, that you have it. Um, These are things that are not discussed, and they should be, and the opportunity that um, this conversation with Steve provided is, I'm just so thankful for it, and I just, I, I love the conversation. Um, Steve is such a heartfelt, emotional, caring person, and his work has won so many accolades, and it's be, it's exactly because of that, and the uh, empathy that he has, and what he brings to every project is exactly why it goes to Sundance and wins. His follow-up goes to Tribeca, um, Rept, uh, for for a period by Variable, a huge commercial production company in New York. Um, And he has found so much success, and a lot of it comes from that exact aspect of him. And I know that a lot of people can relate to that. And so uh, I'm just, you know, very thankful that um, Steve came on the show and uh, spoke with his uh, level of honesty and candor because uh, we all benefit when we we speak about uh, this stuff out in the open. Uh, cause a lot of us at times can feel it. And so, like I said, he, uh, was a guest at Masters of Motion. Masters of Motion is, uh, the, um, presenter of the Art First Commerce podcast. It is a three day filmmaking festival that happens every December in Austin, Texas and, um, Big-time filmmaking uh, filmmakers come to speak, and you know ASC cinematographers, ACE editors, huge production designers, and the coolest part is that they stay and uh, go out at night, get a drink. You can hang out with them. You can really have a genuine conversation with them, and that is really what makes it special. Um, when we got off the air, uh, Steve and I were talking for a second and just mentioning how great. He a great of a time he had at Masters in Motion, and that he really values uh, the experience and the community, and that it continues. You know, um, Masters in Motion was at CineGear this past uh, a couple weeks ago. By the time this is up in the air, about a month ago, and um, you know there was there was a, there was um, a party one night, and everybody got to get together, and it's that's what it's about. It's about community, and going to that conference is a way to connect to that community. So this week is film director and all around. Great guy, Steve Hoover. So it's kind of funny, you know. A lot of the times that I sit down and talk to people, I don't have the experience of um, having sat through a kick-ass presentation by them, having already been given at Masters in Motion, where they kind of break where you where you broke everything down already. Um, so having, having that kind of like knowledge, I mean, I still want to, want to talk about things like you, you knew that you wanted to be a director or be in film from, from a really early age. Yeah. Uh,
1: no, actually I kind of fell into it, to be honest. I, I, growing up, uh, I'm from a very small town in, uh, Pennsylvania and I wanted to be in like a metal band when I was a little kid. Um, and yeah. then. But I was never in any band, so that, that didn't go very far. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I wanted to be a fine artist, and I didn't know exactly how to pursue that, because you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, guidance or, or help for that back home. Um, I eventually ended up going to a commercial art school in Pittsburgh, and I studied animation, and I hated that. So I switched to like uh, special effects, like practical movie effects. Yeah. And, um, which randomly, it seemed like a cool course and I hated the workload. I did that for about a year and, um, I just didn't like it. I didn't like making molds. I didn't like the workflow and I was going to drop out and move home and, um, I don't know, just <laughs> press, press my luck there. And then wow. I randomly decided to switch to a uh, video production. I had to like talk to the Dean because I had changed my major three times
0: mm-hmm.
1: or that would have been the third time. And, um, you know, I got the the go ahead and it's, yeah, it it wasn't an ambition of mine. And um, so it just kind of fell into it like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess the fact that I just, as someone who didn't go to film school, I view anybody that actually ended up within that, for me, it it still holds true. Um, What was it? I mean, you were clearly kind of going through a revolving door of things that were on the creative end, but weren't clicking. What do you think it was about? film production that got you in the beginning before you, you know, you really knew what that was?
1: Um, I, I found a freedom in it. Yeah. Like a lot of the art I did, I, you know, it was, it was kind of isolated. You, you draw a picture, you're, you're just, or, you know, whatever medium you're working in, you're just staring at that thing and you're not really interacting with other people, at least what I was doing. Yeah. And, um, there was something really fun about the idea of going out with a camera and, uh, you know, that, that's what drew me to it in the first place. I would see different, you know, kids that I was friends with in college enjoying running around the city with a camera and just sort of finding things to shoot. Um, and, it, you know, I guess it was that. It was, like, getting to work with other people yeah. was exciting to me. Much and, more,
0: uh, it's not isolated.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm the youngest of five, so I feel like a very, I like groups, I like being connected to people. Um, so there's, I think there's something just really appealing about that part of filmmaking. Yeah. And, um, and just the, the potential. Um, you know, I just started meeting people and working with them and you know, feeding off of other people's ideas and stuff. That mm-hmm. was really fun to me.
0: How long did it take you in the process of, I mean, you came to realize that you liked it. And then what was the process like to kind of getting to a point where you started to understand what you wanted to do with it in terms of like, the types of stories that you wanted to tell and maybe even the types of ways in which you enjoyed telling them?
1: So, the first class I, I had in video production, I actually had with uh, Danny Ord, who um, I worked with for years. Mm-hmm. He, we, we essentially formed a working relationship, and, you know, from from that class, we every class we had together, just he and I would work on a project, and we very quickly started doing very low-budget music videos, and this was right when the DVX-100 came out, so it was like the first 24p camera that was, you know, a pro um, and we would take that and do these low budget music videos. And he had a really good hustle for, um, pushing our work. Uh, so it was really through the music videos because otherwise I really didn't have a desire to make films. Um, you know, I, I was kind of directionless in it. I was just, I, f- I feel like
0: you just like s- the social aspect,
1: I guess so. Like I, I switched my major on, on a whim and I didn't even with art, like I didn't have a, a goal, like I'm building up to this, you mm. know? So with filmmaking, I didn't have that off the bat either. And I didn't even necessarily see it as a way to make money. Cause I didn't know how, yeah. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do in college now.
0: It's um, cool. It's cool to hear this just because, you know, I find that I sit down with so many people and a lot of them are driven to know, to do film in, in like a way that they understand from like super early on. And the fact that you were liking it, because like I like I like being on sets and I like the physicality of hanging out and shooting things, but that beyond that it was not concrete is is nice to hear.
1: Yeah, it was. You know, the the music videos. I think in a lot of ways that became it became a goal because it was a way for me to somehow um, live out that dream of being in a metal band. <laughs> we were working with
0: like a <laughs> that lot makes of sense, uh, that. heavy
1: metal bands and. And, you know, the, Danny, like I said, he had a really good hustle, so we were sort of working with um, record labels, and, and, you know, by the time we, I graduated college, um, I had had work that he and I did on Headbangers Ball, uh, which was pretty, you know, that's kind of like a, I didn't know it was a, a dream come true, but, you know, mm-hmm. I used to watch Headbangers Ball when I was in college, or in high school. Um, so it was like through that, that, that that became my goal, was to be a music video director and um, you know, I didn't yet understand commercials or films. That all like s- kind of slowly revealed itself, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I think that's kind of that I I relate to that. Just in terms of you don't understand the bigger world, you're kind of just following your nose. Yeah, um, exactly. And as you come to realize you need to understand more things, you come to understand them. I mean, it's like you it's not cart can't put the cart before the horse almost in that regard. Uh, especially yeah. if you don't come from an industry family or have like a lot of friends that are further along that kind of thing what when did yeah. it where did it go from the music videos like what was i guess because i i always associate like blood brother as like one of the first big things that that you did and what was that road from from school all the way to that
1: so um through the music videos danny and i started working with some local production companies in pittsburgh hmm um, I had I had lived there for 16 years before moving out here to to Los Angeles, but you know we through working with these production companies we just continued to grow the the music video brand that we had created. We had a, a company, and you know in that time we we did some decent work. I mean, like I can't say that I'm proud of all the music videos we did. You know, the music
0: music videos are tough, man.
1: Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, but you know we did. Uh, if you remember the uh, the band Owl City, uh, they had like they were not. I guess they're kind of a one hit wonder. They had that song Fireflies. They were like basically deemed as like the postal service knockoff, and uh-huh. so it was like a it was a hit. You know, the video blew up, the song blew up. It was a big single. Yeah. Um, and we had worked with some at least marginally famous bands. Mm-hmm. Um, it d- kind of depends on the genre and who you're you into. Sure and uh you know through doing that we got more and more commercial work um and you know we would do regional campaigns uh and, and different things like that but it was like through doing music videos and commercials i kind of got burnt out on the whole process because i felt like everything that i was doing uh was at least a little bit dishonest you know or pretty mm. dishonest i mean it was like selling products or uh, pushing brands, selling, uh, trying to help bands like look cooler than what they are, yeah. Or products look more believable, or well, it's human interesting. Than they I are. mean,
0: in the commercial realm, it's a bit obvious. Obviously, you're making an ad, but that, that you're even feeling that way about the music videos and like music industry content. You were like almost equating them in the same level of dishonesty, or or just that it makes you have to manipulate a reality.
1: Yeah, and and it's. You know, it might have something to do with the bands and types of, uh, of music that I was working with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were great. I, I got to meet a lot of cool people along the way, but there was just something that was, uh, I don't know, dissatisfying or, or I guess about the whole process. And I wanted to, I was just kind of getting burnt out uh, and I wanted to do something with heart, something that uh, was less about the process, you know, lighting and sets and trucks and Crew, um, make up, you know, all the things that will sort of slow it down and, and get in the way of. I, I guess I was, I don't know, I wanted to to be a bit more raw with it. And that's where the idea or sort of the beginning of, of Blood Brother happened. Um, and a lot of that was because a um, my old roommate and friend had moved to, we had lived together for I think seven years or something, but he just picked up and moved to India after visiting there one summer and um he had he invited me out to bring a camera he's like hey i I think if you come out here there's things you haven't seen you haven't traveled the world perhaps you'll be inspired um by what's happening over here i was like okay yeah i'll show up and just film cool stuff and then you know as i was thinking about it i was like well i could make a documentary i don't know exactly what that means but since you're doing something you know you have goals I'll film you, I'll film what you're doing, and I'll make a movie.
0: Now let me ask you a question, because obviously looking back at this in hindsight, you can have the, the viewpoint of how the music videos and the advertisements were making you feel at the time, but in that moment, were you going into um, that trip thinking I would really love a break from, like were you feeling that internal pressure or is this something that you think about in, in hindsight only?
1: No, I was feeling it, I mean, I think a lot of it too was I didn't have uh, like greater ambitions outside of commercial music video. Like a, a lot of filmmakers, you know, they, they know they want to make movies. And mm-hmm. I was always just terrified of that whole concept of something bigger than, you know, 30 seconds or three minutes.
0: Wait, why um, Why terrified as an inter- that's an interesting word to describe the feeling.
1: I, I, I don't really know. I think maybe just because it's so big and, and, you know, like I had gone through the process of, Right, you know, when YouTube, this, all this, like, stuff was changing as we were getting, as I was getting into the, the whole filmmaking industry, you yeah. know, like, doing these music videos on YouTube, then going and reading comments or, or blogs, but just watching people, like, obliterate my work. The idea of you know <laughs> doing that on a bigger scale. I'm like, this is somebody else's music. I'm just like putting pictures to it. I That's can't imagine, interesting. Like,
0: so it was it was the it was the commentary, especially from music fans, for the videos you're making for the bands they love, that you were just like, I don't like, I can't even imagine a bigger emotional connection to the work because then it'll hurt that much more.
1: Yeah, because you know that stuff started to to wear on me, and eventually it was, I got into like music video blogs, you know, where it's like the, the,
0: sort of the... you, cared very much about the response.
1: Well, it's, honestly, on some of the blogs, I never wanted my work to show up on it, because I didn't want them to respond to it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because this, this would be like, you know, directors that I really looked up to, um, in the music video world, and, and, you know, I knew my work wasn't on par with theirs, by any means, like, Uh they were working with like these... You know, hyper cool indie bands, and I'm working with like, it, like pop, pop stuff, and and like emo bands and screamo bands. Like they weren't even in the, you know, the, it, was just, it was just so different. Like I didn't want my work to show up there. I knew it wouldn't be respected, but mm. you know, on some of these blogs, like it would it would show up, and I would watch it get trashed, and and so I would try to make stuff that I felt was cooler, sure. and. I'd watch that clip trashed. And so it's just like a...
0: That's a bad cycle.
1: Oh, yeah, it's vicious. And so I think part of the reaction, too, of me wanting to, to do something different was saying, okay, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try something different.
0: Yeah. Well, that's interesting because it almost sounds like um, the same way that you kind of fell into production and then you kind of fell into music videos and, and advertising is that, and then you're like, well, I'm kind of, I wasn't thinking about what I do past that and then obviously that guy hits you up about this trip and then you like did it is that you're you haven't been in any of those instances looking past the current situation that you were in even if you might have been feeling internal strife about the situation you were in what 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 do you think that is
1: <laughs> i don't know you're picking up on a pattern here uh...
0: <laughs> it's interesting though because it hasn't yeah. because what's what's fascinating is that just because you personally haven't been looking for it, you've still made pivots, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm i not sure exactly what it is. I mean, I see some patterns of me, like, working really hard and trying to, you know, do well in a certain uh, genre or medium and then re- hitting a ceiling or at least a personal ceiling where I couldn't get past what mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, in some ways, it's giving up on that part and trying something else whether that's good or bad I'm not sure like I don't have any desire to ever do a music video again um, I still want to make documentaries uh, you know and, and I do want to do narrative soon-ish <laughs> it's yeah. still a bit scary to me
0: yeah um,
1: but it's you know it is something I, I, I think I will try
0: yeah yeah at some point no cool so so then so this opportunity comes to do the travel and to do the doc and you go, and um, what is that experience like? You know, especially coming off of having not really done doc, was there a moment um, at some point on the trip where you're like, "Yeah, like I'm really digging this." In terms of a way to make stories and be a filmmaker.
1: Um, well, I definitely enjoyed it. it India was a, a great technically, it's the second country I ever went to. The first one was Canada. But oh my gosh yeah that's was, a India really, is a hell really of a way mind. to
0: uh like that's 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 diving into the deepest end of the pool in terms I of know, international man. travel
1: um, but India was the first place that felt so radically different than everything I knew and understood and it was very yeah. inspiring and so that whole time like I was reinvigorated you know getting to to film things I, I filmed way too much and um, everything in the moment looked great through the lens because everything looked brand new and fresh yeah in India
0: everything's dialed to 11 and the saturation is to 110 and yeah. exactly yeah
1: um and so there is I I also knew and realized pretty quickly that the things that um I was filming were very real uh mm-hmm. and you know that was exciting that filming the kids they were being very honest with themselves the subject you know he was being himself and then, like, very real things were happening in, in front of the camera. So, that's uh, there were moments there that I, I, I had the feeling that um, this was special and different. And um, I didn't quite get all that. And I didn't know how the hell it was all going to come together. Yeah. Um, but it definitely felt different. Just so know? that
0: people know that if you could explain the story that you were filming.
1: I'm sorry. Say that again.
0: Just so that people understand who haven't seen it or don't know about the work, what what the story was of Blood Brother and what you were filming.
1: Okay, it was um there there was a a, a friend of mine who he basically moved to a small village in India uh, and he was working with kids in the village who there was a hostel there um, of HIV positive orphans basically mm. and um, you know even since um, I think this was 2011 when when we filmed it. Um, treatment for HIV/AIDS has come a long way. Oh yeah. Um, but even at the time when he began his work, and, and as we were filming, a lot of advances have, hadn't actually yet happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so there were still a lot of like very obvious, dramatic side effects from kids living uh, HIV-positive. And um, so you know, it's really following him and them being family. You know, he, he came from a broken family. And found family with uh, these kids, and it was about, you know, in a lot of ways, it's the the film is a it's a trope, you know, it's a uh, th- this this it's not like a new story like you know a guy a white guy from the west going to help right. know, people in a developing third world country or yeah. something, um, but it was really the, the I guess the honesty through which he was doing this work and and um, and really how he wasn't like a lot of those people, you know, coming and going. The classic, the classic joke. Uh, and, and really, it wasn't just like, yes, this is my destiny, this is my calling. Uh, but it was a very uh, difficult mm-hmm. thing for him. It was kind of looking at, uh, uh, you know, our friendship and sort of the relentlessness of, of that decision and that passion to help these people.
0: Yeah, because I guess that is one of the biggest pitfalls when we're, when trying to make a story about something that is pretty tropey, and if you're not if you're not careful, how, how were you trying to were you like actively aware of this and and really trying to steer clear of that, or was it no, all instinctual at the time?
1: I, I <laughs> um, one of my biggest like pitfalls as a filmmaker is that I don't watch a lot of film. I am not really like in the scene. I'm I'm uh, you know I. I had watched a handful of documentaries that were nothing like the documentary I was making. You know, I was into, just because I had seen it on Netflix, like right when Netflix was starting to stream, Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: I had seen a handful of documentaries I thought were either funny or entertaining. A lot of those were like American Movie or uh, King of Kong. You know, they had nothing to do with um, uh, the the type of content I was working with. Yeah. Yeah. and so I didn't know it, it was a trope. I, I I feel like I understood that a lot more after the fact. Uh,
0: While in I, post or once it was totally done?
1: I think when it was totally done. Oh, Because honestly, even Sundance, like that that whole like I only the only thing I really knew about Sundance is I've heard the name. I heard the branding. I'd seen I would see laurels on like uh, um, Netflix. Sure. Um, films and, and you know I knew that was like a thing it meant a lot I knew it was a film festival but I didn't understand the magnitude of that because it was really disconnected from the whole world like uh, and you know kind of like diving into it through that process uh, I, I learned really quickly all these things you well, know, yeah, I w-
0: wanted to talk about because cause in a nutshell the film success um, what was that experience like once it was Done because I guess in a way also, um, considering the way that you would deal with your mu- completed music videos and kind of afraid of the commentary, your this film success is much more grand and 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 big.
1: Yeah, and you know a lot of uh, it's just one of those things like a lot a lot of like so okay the thing about like. I don't know why in my head I would thought making a documentary would be anything different than, you know, my anxieties about making a narrative feature or even a narrative short for that matter. Um, I really, in making this doc, didn't think it would get very far outside of Pittsburgh. You know, we had done a Kickstarter and I had planned to um, do, you know, local screenings in, in Pittsburgh Uh, I never even dreamed, I think because I didn't have a big picture idea of what was possible.
0: It's kind of of nice, though, to have to have like a humble view of of what you hope can happen for it, because like your your decision making is rooted in 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 the smaller things of the movie and you're not like almost crippling yourself with these um, desires of of bigger aspects. Like your heart is in the right place for making the story because you just don't expect anything to happen besides the story being made, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. There's there's definitely, like, um, a lot of good and it. You know, I, I was very naive in a lot of ways, you know, which is good. And then there's ways that I, I felt like it would have been nice to be more prepared for the impact of Sundance on my life. Um, Let's talk about I, that. And, oh, yeah, and opening yourself up in that way because in, as much as the film was about another person, it was also about me. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I hate, like, my I don't like to be on camera. I don't like... Uh, my recorded voice, you
0: know. No <laughs> point. Well, let me, let me tell you something about this podcast here.
1: <laughs> no, I know. I, I, um, I have grown some in, in, in my uh, Good. Uh, view of myself. I've gotten over a lot of things, and a lot of it came from, you know, going through the fire, I guess.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Um, but, like, the, you know, so doing the film, it was an incredibly vulnerable process for me, and then suddenly it's on this world stage, and suddenly it has uh more attention and success than i could have ever imagined or asked for or hoped for mm. um and you know really right from the bat of being at the festival i felt out of place in a lot of ways i you know just not maybe a lot of people feel this way when they go there yeah um but i tend to like have that feeling with a lot of things being the youngest of five i've always grown up kind of smallest weakest like mm not really, I'm not going into a situation to fight or, like, establish my dominance. I'm usually like, okay, who here is trying to kill me?
0: You
1: know, <laughs> to, to get to, like, the, the, the bare bones of it.
0: No, no, um, it's perfect. It and so makes sense. Like,
1: I like peace. I like to um, connect with people. Yeah. I don't want to fight people. You know, I, I, I don't want people to dislike me. It's, uh, it's my... It's ingrained in me from, you know, having four older siblings growing up and having to Sure. Win all of them over and find different ways to like you know connect and. and I, I could see
0: that also making you a good documentarian.
1: Uh, I, I I think it helps you know because it's it's there's a part of me that really wants to connect with people you know when when I meet them and talk with them, um, but like you know at the festival yeah. I, I learned pretty quickly it's it's very cutthroat sure. world out there you know and, sure. and everyone's like everyone wants a piece of the pie and everyone wants. nobody talks about it, but everyone's like, wants the Oscar right out of the gate, you know, right in the beginning of the year. It's, it's because of what that nomination does for your career. And it's just this thing in us, you know, we want to get to the very top. And I, I, I have that in me, but I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's like, it's different. And I just wasn't prepared for that. I was walking, walking into that very naively. Um, and you know, I focused A lot on the creative and the narrative and the story and so i wasn't there also building connections and doing the whole political thing and and i made this film in a bubble yeah and you know suddenly i learned very quickly the documentary world everyone's like aware of projects who's working on what even in development like yeah oh this filmmaker's doing that and suddenly this film comes out of nowhere and people like who the hell is this
0: right Uh, you were outside the loop
1: yeah and and i wasn't aware of that you Mm. know so you know, naturally people are like, oh, okay, who is this? What is this? What is this film? And, and you know, a lot of people start asking a lot of questions and, and you know, I'm not r- really like uh, talking to people, I guess. Uh, you I, I, I do not prepared. Know. It was, it was,
0: you weren't prepared. All, what's that? You weren't prepared and it's not your fault that you weren't because, you know, you were going in just being like, oh, my, my movie got in, I'm going to go to the festival. But you also weren't, Thinking about potentially maybe you know critical questions that were going to be asked it of you by important people and your answer, um, was important. They were paying attention, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, in general, like, you know, the the experience that entire year was overwhelming. It yeah. was you know and on this, on the, as the, as I was representing that film in multiple festivals, we were also starting a new film. Um, and and so there was a lot of kind of chaos with that, uh, a lot of expectation, like personal expectation. And, you mm-hmm. know, the film received uh, – it did well. It received criticism, uh, as all films do. It, there was a lot of really positive things that happened. I, mm-hmm. I, re- I mean, so many messages from people, emails, um, letters, like, you know, people – feeling like the film made a difference in their life and, and that meant a lot. Yeah, sure. But, you know, I think this happens with a lot of people, especially me. The criticism will always be no way. so much louder. There yeah. can be one bit of criticism and, you know, it, 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 it's just incredibly, it was overwhelming for me. So that, that um, yeah, it was overall it was a, a very pivotal year in my life. Everything changed. Um, and it wasn't one of those like, now your life's like now you're set,
0: you no, know? <laughs> no,
1: no, It's like oh, now it's all a kill. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's just, that, that was a really intense.
0: Uh, were there moments where it was happy? I mean, I'm was sorry, it, where it was like that like you were happy as this was happening, or was there just was it, it? Sounds like it's it was just this massive ball of stress.
1: There were there were moments. Mm-hmm. Um, though, you know, the win, uh, winning at Sundance was a really, it felt really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. I <bet>. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope, you know. Yeah.
1: I mean, Cause if, that, if
0: those things don't, don't do that, um, I don't think anything in the industry, well, no, that's not true. I guess making it and the experience of, and like telling the stories is, is separate from what happens to, to a, a project success. So, so what I just said isn't true. But, um, on the back end, that type of recognition—I hope recognition can feel good at times, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think it. Yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's a, it's a really odd question because I still feel mm. not entirely sure about it. You know, even a couple years later. Yeah. And sometimes I fear like my answers to it could sound like I'm not grateful for my experiences or for what happened. You no,
0: know? no, no. I mean, they don't come um, off that way to me.
1: But, like, you know, it was it was mostly hard, you know. It was, it was um, again, it was just a giant thing that hit my life. And what, what I was trying to do in that time was, like, keep things very small, you know. Hmm. Um, not lose what I had. And uh, I wanted to stay in Pittsburgh. I was uh, getting different offers from, you know, production companies. And I was just turning everything down. I was doing interviews, but, like, I started kind of getting anxiety with with interviews because I would have, frankly, have journalists um, call me, and I, I had some call me a liar. Like that stuff, just I don't know how to explain it. When you're not like, I, whether or not you 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 want that attention, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it's just
0: yeah, mad, It's mad. No, one, and no one could prepare you for stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, why were you turning down? at the time like offers for production like representation and things like that. that that seems like a logical next step that would be part of the exciting aspects of winning Sundance um, yeah yeah you,
1: it, it should uh, in retrospect I should have done it I wish I would have um, I was committed mm-hmm. to staying in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. uh, part of it was because I really loved the city and then the other part was like I didn't want to have this there was a like sort of air in Pittsburgh that you know if you leave, you, you, <laughs> like, you should be able to make it happen in Pittsburgh. You know, if you leave, you kind of like, uh, I don't know, like you're too good for the city or something.
0: Mm. Um, it's I, no, like... me,
1: I, I didn't want to be that that guy or something. Like, so many people helped me build my career mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. There's so many incredible um, gaffers and DPs and and uh, I mean, the crews there were just phenomenal. Like all these all these people we worked together on these music videos you know we brought productions into the city and not that they were bringing a lot of money but you know it was really great to work on the productions you with these felt people. community and, there yeah yeah and I didn't want to you know I didn't want to leave the community I was working for a production company at the time that um I was really you know putting my stock into uh and you know I I, I wanted to make it work I really want I was like you know what? I don't need to go to New York and LA like I can make it happen here I don't need to sign with a bigger production company like we can do it here uh and the reality is that like I that wasn't true you know like Mm. I I wanted it to be so badly and Mm. uh it just wasn't and and we tried hard to make it work and the you know even the the place I was at like they were they're a great company and they did a lot for me and and you know did a lot for them and we worked together and uh, but they were just as unprepared for the success as I was, and they didn't know how to manage it in the same way that I didn't. Um, yeah, it was
0: it was bigger than what everybody was used to. Yeah, in every facet. And, you
1: know, they they went on to continue to do um, big things, and and uh, you know, um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's just you know at the time it seemed like I thought it could work. Yeah. Um, not just with the production company, but with staying in Pittsburgh. You know, yeah. I thought it could work, and then, you know, I just realized it. If a, I wanted to take it to another level. Yeah. Well, I, I it was might like
0: have the to. echoes of almost like a goodwill hunting and not <laughs> wanting not wanting to go. Um, yeah. Needed and a, uh, you
1: know, my family's there, too. So that was another yeah. thing. Like, I knew if I moved to L.A., uh, you know, I'm across the country from, from my family.
0: It's a big and, thing. Yeah. It's no small thing. Um, but at what point then do you realize, like you've realized at a certain, at a certain point in time that you do have to make a move. Um, or it, how, how did that happen? Cause obviously at some point your view changed.
1: I, I think it's all kind of odd, but like, I don't know if odds is the right word, but my best friend, he was a, uh, he worked at the production company as well. Um, He's a writer director and they made a TV show that, that got picked up and it was a, you know, it got, um, it it was like a major comedy network. Mm -hmm. And so I found my, my best friend moving to LA and he kept coaxing me, you know, you should come out, you should come out. That's good. Um, and I was getting a lot of advice from people like you really should move. Yeah. You just kind of have to be here to understand it. Yeah. You know why that would be a good step for you. Um, I think for me, a lot of what was happening with the films was really shaking up everything I kind of knew and understood. And honestly, it was I was getting pretty depressed. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I started drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. I, you know, things just got really dark, mm-hmm. and I really wanted uh, I wanted a change. And um, I on a whim I left the production company still staying in Pittsburgh to make a new film about Antonio Brown, who was a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really believed this film was going to be something. And, you know, ultimately he, he, we, we went different ways. Yeah. Um, I shot a lot of the film and, um, we just, we just parted ways. So I found myself, you know, without a job, without job security. Um, and not really sure what I was going to do. I, I was never really good at selling myself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, marketing myself. You know, when I left the production company, after making two feature documentaries, you know, winning Sundance, like a career of music videos, I still didn't even have a Vimeo page.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, I just, d- that wasn't a skill set in mind. You
0: were finding success that entire time strictly on the Personal relationships that you were making with other, like with filmmakers and film collaborators, and just your ability to do the job, do the actual job.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, I was um, I kind of scoffed at social media at the time. I I I thought. I think of,
0: you oh, were I'm ahead of the curve, my man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still hate it. I honestly, hate. my Vimeo page. I don't think I have anything on it. Like, I don't know. I just it, it um uh, I don't know. I I the. I was off, like, Facebook for three years. It was a, yeah. a, a lot of this was a reaction, too, to um, everything that was happening and not wanting extra attention or any more attention. Yeah. Um, but then I also felt this need. I kind of got to a place, you know, where I did this film. Then I, had, I started making the second film, and I wanted to...
0: Is the second film almost holy? Yeah. Okay.
1: And I wanted to, like, redeem myself or something with this piece.
0: Redeem in what way, though? Because you won Sundance with the one that you're redeeming yourself from. So what? Redeeming yourself from what?
1: In my head, head, that didn't matter. It was like redeem myself to these to the critics. Yeah, these these people that I felt had seen me wrong or uh, misunderstood me or whatever. I felt like I had to. What comment
0: really felt that? What comment did you did you feel like you needed? You were trying to correct.
1: It's not any one thing in particular. It was, um, you know, you become aware of things. Circles are small. Like, uh, people make narratives about uh, other people. And Mm -hmm. I started to become aware of my narrative. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was... um,
0: That's so tough.
1: Yeah, it was like I felt felt like a lot of people around me didn't understand it. Like, it started to make me feel a bit paranoid. You know, maybe this is all in my head, but Mm. then... Know, but then there is like stuff published about me you know and um I, I feel a bit uncomfortable saying that like i don't have any problem talking about it with people in person but you can look a bit like crazy when you know because these people aren't as i'm making this second film like these people aren't thinking about me you know they're not no. like can't wait to like
0: but it's so get, powerful to to be talking about this um in this way um because i think there is a thought that you know every, you know for, for people that are have success in the industry that like they just they, they had success with this and then that led to success with this and that led to this and that everything is gravy um, and i think it's really important for people to hear that you know you can go and go to Sundance and win it and then have things be challenging and difficult and like distressing um, that, those are stories that don't get told as often and and to our to our detriment because they're real and they happen to many people and it's like the ability to discuss that because, um, you know, people people hearing that and they can relate to that and like that stuff is, is powerful and important.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting. It, it's hard to talk about because it's not all entirely clear. Like, I can't sure. trace it all out. Some of it's abstract. Some of it's probably paranoia. A lot of it's very true. You know, there's, mm. there's just uh, things happen. We 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 read each other very well, and you learn a lot from interactions. Whenever you meet people, you know that's something I especially picked up on. As g- going back, not to sound like a broken record, but the youngest of five, it's like you. I had to learn how to read people. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. Uh, oh, brother's upset. Okay, time to chill out. Like, yeah. I don't get my ass kicked here. I know what you uh, mean.
0: But um. Well, you know. So. About... Oh no! Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say, like going back to to uh, um, uh, that f- setting out to essentially make a third film that fell apart. After making a fourth film, it fell apart as well. And a lot of this I was trying to do on my own
0: after Almost Holy.
1: Uh, yeah, after Almost Holy it was the Antonio Brown film, and that oh, okay. was just that was so, just him and I. I was producing,
0: directing, yeah. Well, because she- I wanted to talk about Almost Holy a little bit, just, well, in, the yeah. Sense, yeah, just in the sense, just in the sense that I, that I, you know, I know that it did it did well, and it was an interesting story, um, and just that you, you went to a difficult place to do it in Ukraine, um, and just, like, you know, the desire to go to, the desire to tell stories that are difficult to capture, you know?
1: Yeah, and it's the, the funny thing about that film is um, when it was first proposed to me uh, by some friends of mine that had gone, and they actually met the subject on a shoot, and we came back and they were like, hey, we should make a film about this guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wasn't initially interested because he was working with orphans and I didn't want to be this uh, like orphan film, this director that makes films.
0: Fall into a niche about it, get, yeah, get yeah. pigeonholed.
1: It, it, there was just so many similarities that, Yeah. Um, but it was really, you know, my, my friends talked me into it mm-hmm. by helping me, you know, they had met him, they understood like, oh, he's a great character mm-hmm. and he's very different from uh, the subject from the other film. Uh, so they helped me to see that. And then I got really into, into the idea.
0: If you can, uh, what was the quick synopsis for people that don't know?
1: So, um, Gennady is a, it's always been a, <laughs> this has always been a hard one to sum up. It's a film about a, essentially a, a vigilante uh, pastor in eastern Ukraine who grew to marginal fame by abducting homeless drug addict kids from the streets and forcing them through rehab. Uh, through that, he kind of made a name for himself, and he used that attention um, to help more people, basically. Yeah. And as he worked hard to improve his city and make it a better place, you know, things around him changed. And eventually, everything that happened in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia mm-hmm. in 2014, 2015, um, well, actually, you know, a lot of years in that time... Uh, really threatened everything that he had worked for many years to to uh, to fix or to build um, so the film it's really a character film about him because he's just mm-hmm. a he's different there's not another person like him yeah uh, alive and, and in general I'm interested now you know even now in people not just like him but just how different we all are you know I feel like some people could Look at him and be like, "Oh, he's a pastor, doing this kind of work. He's this kind of person." Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just very interested in, in really the the deeper complexities of why he does what he does. You know, why does he do it? Why does a character study? Do it? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And and does that where does that go? Does it does it have the same type of success?
1: Um, it was different the film did much better in europe and eastern europe mm-hmm. um i think there's there's a lot i mean a big portion of the film was in russian mm-hmm. a lot of what was happening americans are often disconnected from what happens in russia and eastern europe
0: you know mm-hmm. until more recently yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes there
1: have changed a bit uh that's true but you know <laughs> i so i i think especially ukraine you know it's, it's always been this there's something about it that Americans for years just didn't care about this country, or you know, not everybody. I don't mean to.
0: No, I know, I know what you mean, though. It wasn't in the headlines. It wasn't. It was not a country that we spoke about a lot here.
1: Yeah, and it's you know, Gennady, as he was the subject of the film, what he represented to uh, Ukrainians and to people in Ukraine who are in the middle of this conflict, where they're being asked to separate their identity. Basically, you know, the country is divided. A lot of them felt ethnically Russian, but they were nationally Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. They were influenced by um, not Russian history, less Soviet, although a lot of them were. Um, but they were also very into Western ideas, you know, uh, European ideas. They wanted the, the country, they're interested in democracy and, you know, the country to be a better thriving place. So this conflict really made people decide. And, uh, you know, Gennady was somebody who who really embodied that yeah. that conflict. Yeah, And um, so those audiences understood that much more than Western audiences. You know, Western audiences were like, oh, a badass, like, pastor who, you know, is like a vigilante. Um, and so there was just, like, a little less appeal. If it was, like, maybe, I don't know, a decade or 15 years earlier, maybe it would have done better here
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, when people were more interested in, like, the darker nuances of religion and you know yeah yeah uh people being yeah but anyway it's it it did it did well i mean it won a lot of festivals it, it won festivals here mm-hmm. uh
0: you
1: know it premiered at tribeca
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i'm very proud of the film it's i in a lot of ways i'm more proud of that than blood brother mm. uh i think it's a better piece of filmmaking um, is that just i think
0: it, primarily because of you know just evolution of the craft and getting better as you with more experience
1: yeah and i mean i understood story a lot better once i got into that sure. project but i also you know when i started blood brother it was more of like a re- rebellion to style and um, more polished filmmaking mm-hmm. and so i went very went into it with a very sloppy attitude um and then with almost holy you know we went into it with I wanted I wanted it to have much more production value. You yeah. Know, I wanted the conversations to be filmed with two cameras and to feel like uh, narrative dialogue. Um, I wanted it to feel as cinematic as possible uh, in in like you know a live action scenario.
0: There was a lot more intention, I think, in the in the in the craft of it.
1: Yeah, and 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 honestly, you know, I was much less naive at that point. Uh, yeah. Uh, not to say I was, you know. <laughs> I know. It's still very, very, but you
0: know. But. No, I, I mean, I, you, you just You went through the ringer of Sundance and everything. So, of course, you, you know the world in which you're operating at least a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. And then after it's done, is that right? That, that the connection with Variable happens? Yeah. So, Variable was, being a, a cool. New York City production company for, right. for, so, for, so, um, for commercials, primarily. When I, um,
1: when I left the production company in Pittsburgh, I was friends with a few few of the people from Variable, and, um, you know, I hit them up when I was headed to, after the Antonio Brown film fell apart, I started, you know, I was like, okay, I need to do commercials to uh, pay the bills. And so I was working on a production in New York, and, and I hit those guys up, because, you know, when I'd go to New York, i usually hang out with them or, or meet up with, with with them. And they were always cool and supportive of um, uh, of my films throughout the years, you know. They, I remember them... Coming to the uh, Tribeca premiere of Almost Holy, at least one of the screenings. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, they uh, I started talking with them, and they sort of pitched the idea of us uh, collaborating, as um, bringing me on. Mm -hmm. And initially, I wasn't into it because I didn't want to be in a group. At least I felt like I didn't want to be in a group because of you know, just a bit afraid of groups at that point.
0: Really? Because that's a that's a pivot from the way that you. I guess almost even first got into it that you enjoyed the social aspects and that it wasn't alone, but now the idea, cause they, cause they were at, at that time, they were definitely, uh, uh, it was like joining a group of friends almost how, how tight knit they are. Yeah. Um, and that, honestly, that wasn't it attractive.
1: It didn't take me long to change my mind. Okay. Okay. It took me about a month maybe in the freelance sphere of realizing like, Oh wait, I have no clue what I'm doing here. Like I need support. Um,
0: yeah. What, what I, did change I, I, your mind?
1: Uh, it was just not being able to, I couldn't get work. Like, it didn't matter. I didn't know how to get work, and I was reaching out, and it was almost like none of my accolades or success mattered. Yeah. Um, I could only get really, really low-budget work, and, and um, I was just struggling.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, you know, I was like, just kind of hit me. What am I doing? Like, I have, I have a, a, a good offer here from, uh, from good people, yeah. people that I, I feel good about and I respect their work. Um, and so, you know, we started, uh, to talk and really it was that it took us, the plan was to try to find a project to work together on, see how it went Mm. and, you know, do a couple. And then if we both felt good about it, then, okay, let's, let's make it official. Um, and once we did, it it was great. It was a really great working relationship and I was kind of like enjoying just filmmaking again. Um,
0: yeah. What, what made you, what was key to that aspect of it, to enjoying the filmmaking again?
1: I think it was, you know, I was getting out of Pittsburgh a lot. I was traveling, meeting a lot of new crew. They had me working with, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, crew members. It's and, and, interesting. And um, really kind of like shaking up my comfortability. Uh, yeah, I mean, I the fact that associating... Year,
0: yeah, the fact that associating um, leaving Pittsburgh as part of what, was what you needed at the time is, is, is interesting.
1: Yeah, totally. And, you know, I'd go on these jobs and have a great time. And I found myself, you know, landing in Pittsburgh and suddenly like, and it wasn't Pittsburgh. It was just like everything that happened to me and, and all of the negativity that I was feeling yeah. it was just associated with this, this place. It yeah. doesn't, I still love the city, but it's like,
0: of course, totally. I couldn't,
1: you know, I, every time I'm there, I, I just feel this, this thing. I don't know.
0: I mean, I think you're describing what a lot of people feel about their hometown you know, it's, it's very relatable. It's okay that you feel that way.
1: (laughs) And, um, yeah, so it was like, you know, getting out, working with new people, it just kind of got me and and it was like, okay, this isn't documentary, not thinking about critics or being judged or, you know, going to film festivals with all these gatekeepers and people with money. And yeah, I, it just, none of that was there. Mm. Uh, it was just like, you know, do the work and have fun.
0: So the commercial aspect in terms of it being, like, smaller projects, less, obviously there's something on the line because you need to make something that the client is happy with, but, like, beyond that, it was much less pressure, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. There was pressure to...
0: There's always Um, pressure. I mean, commercial work definitely has pressure, but...
1: Yeah, and a lot lot of the pressure was, and I started becoming aware of this, it was kind of like the introduction of a new pressure, which is to Mm. build a commercial reel, uh, yes. and I found myself, so, you know, with a lot of people that were way ahead of the curve as far as like,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: pushing their work online and, and, and things like that. Um, but you know, what was great is working with, uh, a variable, I, I was staying busy and I was able to, to have income again and enough that I was able to move out West. And so that's, they really gave me the means and the ability to move to LA thats um, great. And, and to help me get out of a, a, a funk, basically a, a place that was um, at least to help me get started, to get out of yeah um, a, a difficult place in time.
0: Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, at it. And then the Antonio Brown thing doesn't, doesn't work out. Um, but you're, you're clearly now have this mindset though, that with the commercials as they happen, that you still want to be doing larger scale projects in you know in the background as as like the bigger things that hasn't left
1: it it left for a little bit I think mm-hmm. the, I got distracted by commercials um, you
0: describe it that way distracted
1: yeah and and not necessarily it was a good distraction because mm-hmm. it got okay. my mind off of you know a lot of the pressures and things I was worried about and helped me to process a, a lot of that in a more healthy way yeah um, and because it gave me something else to do, you know, I, I'm the kind of person like I, I really need to to stay busy. And as I'm busy and get my mind off of, you know, whatever it is I'm dwelling on, mm. I tend to to be able to like think through it better, or, or like to develop a different perspective on it. Um, so that really helped me to process process a lot of that and to stop caring so much. Yeah, I think um,
0: it's nice. That makes sense. Like time away, you know. Even if you're not thinking about stuff proactively, just the stuff that goes on in the subconscious and, you know, it's not even any one thing that triggers it. But you wake up six, 12 months later and you're like, you know, I'm good to try that again. That kind of thing.
1: Exactly. I just, um, the hard thing was, like, I I got to a point where I'm like, oh, you know what, I, I do actually want to make films. I don't care what anybody thinks, you know, which is great because that's where I was when I... Dead blood brother i I didn't care i was like let me just make this thing
0: and that's a huge step i think it sounds like for you specifically i mean that's a big thing for anybody but you dealt you had a whole like round of that being a really particular heavy aspect on you so to to get back to that place is pretty it's pretty special for your output and creative output
1: yeah the the hard thing though was that i was on the same note where i felt like i could make another film i felt very uninspired Mm. (laughs) um it's interesting to
0: feel like that on one hand that you don't like i'm ready to not care about what other people think but also not there's no like mojo for something in particular
1: oh yeah i was was basically like oh
0: it's got to be frustrated
1: i don't know like that's the best way i can kind of put it i was like okay i i like really don't give a shit
0: okay oh
1: about much of anything you know that's kind of like
0: i see that's not as positive then that's that? that. That's not as positive then necessarily.
1: No, it it wasn't. It's like, if it, yeah, if it had just been, I did, I don't care. I can just make something, you know. But I was. I, it's almost like a lot of a lot of what I was going through was kind of starting to, to really, collect and peak. Mm. And even if I was like, eh, I don't care anymore. It's like it had taken its toll, you know. Yeah. It had done it had done a lot of damage. So then I I found that's myself cool. kind of, I thought I had like hit bottom in pittsburgh sort of but i didn't i feel i feel like i hit bottom more in la but not even in a um it was just in a different kind of way it was in the way where like everything really and i think it was being separate you know getting away Mm. isolating myself in a lot of ways Mm. and then actually feeling the toll of all that like i was this felt like a different person all so many of my relationships were gone uh and i'm just kind of like uh, I don't know. Felt clueless and despondent, and wow. you know, I'm like just empty.
0: <laughs> and that and that was during a period of commercial success.
1: Well, it the commercial success led me to, and it wasn't even like it was success in that I was making money, but my career hadn't like commercial career hadn't like taken off. It still really hasn't.
0: But I I, I understand that, but I guess I, I guess it's like I'm just highlighting that fact that, again, right. it's the same thing that you know, you can well, hear like, about was, a guy.
1: It was a slow period, so 2018 mm, was the slow
0: periods are so tough.
1: Oh yeah, and it was like after a, a huge high. I'm like, you know, uh, was kind of riding on this high. Got to, Got out to L.A. Mm-hmm. and was feeling good about myself, and then you know, shit just got slow, and um, I. Found myself with way too much Mm downtime i had a knee surgery you know is i i didn't have a job and i would have friends like give me freelance editing gigs and things like that sure um and would kind of pick off random stuff here and there yeah but i didn't really have a commercial gig until july of of uh 2018 yeah so i went from being incredibly busy to just a, a massive dry spell that and after i had you know uh Put my life into a position where my expenses were higher than they had ever been. Yeah,
0: you had more overhead.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, so. Yeah, but that's how all...
0: that's how it is, and it, you know, it, I guess I just want to make the point that it's the same. It's good to hear it. It's the same thing of to go to Sundance and win, and then have this emotional experience that isn't really discussed, and then to have commercial success to the point that you feel like you and move out to la because of that commercial su- success and representation and then this happens and that it happens to to everybody and like I just there's so much value in, 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 in these discussions about it there just there just is
1: yeah yeah I agree it's it's um you know and the good thing is like i have I have some good friends out here you know and I mm-hmm. have uh my best friend is you Know he was he went through some similar things, like he he had this massive success, uh, that brought him out here it, that found him at Fondance as well. Mm. Uh, and you know, then suddenly that thing goes away, and then you're like, oh, okay, like <laughs> you know, you got to start trying to figure out the next thing, and, and just what that can, can do to us. Um, you know, you can't really like. For and it's hard to describe to people, yeah. you know, but but we're, we were able to like connect in a lot of ways having shared that experience, I guess. Um, so his support meant a lot to me while, while being out
0: here. That's good, uh, yeah, that's huge. Um, but now, how like what are what are you what are things that you're looking forward to, um, creatively that you are hoping to have done? Like, where, do, where are you trying to to, to take things?
1: so um variable closed at the end of two thousand eighteen
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and you know that changed a lot of things for me because it shifted my focus once again from commercial back to film
0: interestingly uh, that it's like the an outside force makes like catal- is a catalyst for your next move, and I guess that happens in a lot of ways for a lot of people. It's just a fascinating recurrence for you, but I yeah. think it's, it ends up being a good thing so
1: it, it, it you know it, a lot of it was i just kind of realized that i don't know like i i couldn't lean on them you know what i mean and mm-hmm. because it was it was gone it disbanded um, yeah no that forced independence and yeah and i had to had to find something to focus on and i wanted to do uh, this is where i got to the point where i really wanted to do um film again and i was kind of got out of this despondent state i don't know what it was something about 2019 i was kind of i was like all right like I got it's you know it's been pretty hard, but mm-hmm. it's either going to get worse or it's going to get better, and I'm choosing to like go at it, you know, make uh, more positively. Good. And you know, right when I do that, it's like the my external circumstances become more difficult. Mm. Um, you know, my father passed away in the beginning of this year, and that mm. was just devastating. Yeah. You know, I felt these like outside forces trying to and I'm not saying this in any sort of like metaphysical or spiritual way. It's just mm-hmm. like what it felt like is I'm just trying to like go forward and be positive And like, you know, it, it, it felt very difficult to do that. But even with that, something about it, you know, didn't um, hit me. If my father had passed away in, in 2018, I don't know how I would have taken it. You know, yeah, um, it's hard either way, but something about it this year, I don't know if it has anything to do with the year or whatever, but, um, you know, my father gave me the confidence to move out here in a lot mm-hmm. of ways mm-hmm. uh, because I was afraid to to leave and be so far away th- from the family, you mm-hmm. know, as they were getting older and stuff. And, and you know, he, he he looked me in the eyes and he said, don't you dare stay back there, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it just made me think a lot about how, you know, I knew my dad was proud of me, like he was very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, just so it didn't bring me down in a lot of ways it gave me more uh, it empowered me to uh to stay positive and to work harder
0: that's beautiful um, man i mean that's i, I don't know that's got to be the best way for something um, like that to resonate you know because that, that's yeah. that's not that's it's hard and uh, i'm sorry and that that's an amazing way to have it stir
1: yeah and it was you know it's just it's one of those life obviously a life-changing event he was the closest person to me that i've ever lost Mm -hmm. and you know you i just realized in that in that moment like oh like this is where things are different like this is going to happen more often from here on you know like Mm -hmm. uh not like a, a regular occurrence. I
0: like, know, no,, but, but growing older.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, this is like this is a massive massive turning point. yeah, and I don't have a lot of time. and I don't even necessarily feel like I want to like leave behind a legacy or say something profound. I just don't want to do nothing, you know mm. And that's kind of like where I'm at. And so a lot of one thing I didn't mention is it, one thing I did through all of my time, um when I was going through hard times is I retreated into gaming and um, through gaming it's just mobile games and I met a lot of people through gaming
0: yeah
1: uh, it, it was a it was a big retreat for me sure um, and I spent a lot of time gaming and I still game a lot but I was often kind of embarrassed by it uh-huh. and I wanted because you it's know it's a subculture we like, yeah it's not like cool to sit down and pull out your iPad and play a game yeah uh and especially to get on comms with people yeah, and, and yeah. these stupid nicknames and, and um, calling out, you know, yeah. weapons and sure <laughs> <laughs> squads, you know, all that stuff. Um, but I wanted to, like, somehow do something with that. I didn't want it to be for nothing. I was like, man, I, I, I really enjoy gaming. I wish there was a way to kind of, like, merge filmmaking with gaming. Mm. And I um, uh, met a... a producer and executive producer who was looking for a director to make a documentary about gaming and uh so we started talking and that's that's where that's where i'm at right now so uh i'm in development for a documentary about gaming um
0: it's great yeah i mean that's it's great. awesome that it's that it's uh again like leading with what, what truly um interests you leading with like real curiosity um, you're not making these decisions you haven't made any i mean any of the projects that you've discussed have not been made out of uh, an opportunistic uh, um, seed you know like you're 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 doing all of these um, for what you know in layman's terms the right reasons and I think that a lot of the success of them have has come because you know every everything involved in a project gets enveloped into the final product and when um Person, the engine, the, the director is uh, pot committed in the right way. Um, those things really resonate. And so I'm, I'm not surprised that, that the, the success you've had is, is because of that with, with each project. And I'm really happy to hear that um, that's currently uh, in the process of, of, of um, development um, for the next thing. That's, that's awesome.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish I could just sell out, you know? <laughs> Yeah. It would would be, it would be potentially easier to to not worry anymore. Just, you know, sell
0: out. No, man. But like, (laughs) you know, the, the heart on your sleeve and really, really giving a shit. Um, it's, it's, it's really inspiring. And, um, you know, I've just, you know, it's been an hour, it's been a great conversation. Um, and I think that, it's a great place it's a great note to end on because like selling that's just not you and and I think that a lot of, all of your success has become because of who you are and um, just thanks so much for, for, for sharing everything.
1: Yeah, man, thank you. I I, I really appreciate the talk. It was um, yeah, it's great to, to walk through some of this.
0: Cool, cool, well thank you. Thanks, man.